You're listening to the Marketing Agility Podcast with Frank Days and Roland Smart. In this episode, we're talking with Melissa Reed, Vice President of Marketing at Scaled Agile, and her colleague, Hannah Bink, who's the Partner Marketing Director. Scaled Agile is well known for the development and popularization of the Scaled Agile framework, otherwise known as SAFE. So you can't get more relevant to what is involved in scaling Agile marketing. Melissa has a long tenure as a marketer with a background that includes agency experience. And Hannah also has been working as a marketer for quite a while with experience in search, product marketing, and partner marketing. Let's get into it. We'll kick off that conversation right after this brief announcement. This podcast is brought to you by our good friends at the Business Agility Institute. Their upcoming Business Agility Conference is just around the corner on March 11th and 12th in New York City. I'll be there. There's a whole track on marketing. Listeners of this podcast, you get 20% off registration. How do you do it? You go to rsmartly forward slash bacon 2020. That's R-S-M-A-R-T period L-Y forward slash B-A-C-O-N 2020. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Melissa and Hannah, welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast. We're super pleased to be here. Nice to meet you. All right. Well, we couldn't have a more appropriate guest for this season that's focused on scaling agile marketing. Your organization gives marketers a framework to do just that. And I'm assuming that you put it to play in your own organization. Maybe you can kick us off by just telling us a little bit about how you drink your own champagne. We do. We use the Scaled Agile framework all across the organization. It's not only marketing, but our sales organization, our finance organization, our legal organization, all are using the Scaled Agile framework. And what I enjoy most is the alignment that we get. It's this planning cadence. We use something called the program increment, which is eight to 12 weeks long. So we go into something called PI planning, which is a two-day planning event. And that is everybody literally in the company in a room, planning together, identifying those dependencies, identifying who needs what from who, when, and you go out of PI planning exhausted and and yet fulfilled because you've got commitment from the entire company on what you're going to deliver on and what the roadmap looks like for the next quarter. I find it thrilling. It's really an exceptional experience. Nine months ago, I was doing classic project management waterfall type planning. And to have all the business leaders in a room together at the same time, having to think through what it is they're asking you for and what they truly need and having a discussion with each other about what has to come off the table or making those trade-off decisions at the same moment rather than 30 phone calls where you're never quite sure if everybody was on the same page. To be able to knock that out in two days and then get to work is, oh, it's so energizing, so much better. So how big is the team that participates in this? Well, again, it's our whole company and we're relatively small. So one agile release train is 50 to 125 people. So the art, and it's called agile release train and art. So any given art is that size, and that's the size of the group that is participating in the planning. That's definitely not small. I know I've done big room planning twice in my career and in one place that I worked and, you know, with pipe cleaners and all the funness that come along with it. But, you know, when you get in that big room and you've got lots of concurrent 
groups going and it can be pretty energizing. For sure. I mean, you've got representatives from different areas of the organization. And while we're small enough where we can have representatives from sales and finance and operations all in the same room, if you are part of a marketing organization that's 1,200 marketers strong, how that starts to look is you break up into individual agile release strains of these 50 to 125 people all organized around an area of value. So this train might be focused on the e-commerce website. This train might be in support of a certain product. And then multiple trains might be supporting a solution or something bigger. And you have what we call solution train managers that run between the different trains in order to facilitate communication between those bigger groups. So there are ways to stack those multiple teams that compose a train and multiple trains that make up a larger value, stream of value. I was going to insert a joke about a train of trains, but I think you were almost heading there. So <laughs> well, That's what we call it. It is kind of a train of train. Okay. train. So. <laughs> I shouldn't be too cheeky then because it's actually a sensible name for it. So. It's a thing, yeah. So as the listeners of our podcast think, reflect on what you're saying, what is the size of the organization that would start? I mean, that's a, you're talking about an organization that is already pretty big. They're at 150 people. How does an organization that's, you know, maybe 35 people today where they've got a handful of agile teams or, you know, maybe even a 50 person team, how do they start moving towards the scaled agile framework and a release trend? let's just say that you have an organization with 30 or 50 marketers. Those marketers are serving a much larger organization. That's the nature of marketing is that it's a shared service to the organization. So if you have just the marketers in the room, you can still be identifying those dependencies, planning out the work for the next quarter. The importance is having the business owners in the room. And by business owners, it's any of your stakeholders And what we're trying to do in that PI planning event is get those business owners to prioritize what is the most important work for the next quarter. Because without that agreement between the business owners, what you get is an agile team starts to execute until somebody from up above comes down and says, hey, I have this urgent project, right? Or, hey, something big just happened. And you get all this walk-up work that can disrupt your sprints. So the real magic in PI planning is getting that hard prioritization work done up front. And then the business owners can pull back and say, okay, marketing teams, go execute on your two-week sprints, knowing that you've got your dependencies identified, your clear marching orders. And then you're still touching base every two weeks within the course of that PI so that if something does change, and believe me, things change... (laughs) that that reprioritization work can happen and the marketing teams can adjust. So that makes sense. I think you're tapping into a theme that we've touched on before, which is how do you align strategic direction with the work in the team's backlog? That's exactly it. Yeah. And have a regular cadence for doing that. Can you talk a little bit about the Agile teams in this case and the diversity of different methods that they're employing at their layer? And does this framework say anything about what methods are used and how to drive consistency or find the balance between consistency and empowering teams that adapt a method to their particular use case? Sure. And Hannah, you want to pipe in on this one? Yeah. So at the specific team level, 
we get this opportunity where the team figures out what works for the team. So if it's Scrum, Kanban, Scrumban, whatever makes sense. I know in my team and Melissa and I's team, we use Scrumban so that we see flow and make sure that we're staying on cadence. But as you start to scale that and you move beyond the team to a team of teams or a train of trains, even the framework is designed to bring these methodologies together so that the organization is on the same cadence and has visibility to the flow of value delivery and gives everyone that stability within which they can grow and adapt at the team level. But for a business leader or even your executive team, being able to depend on a certain time frame of delivery with a certain predictability of work and value delivery is absolutely critical to running a sustainable organization. Yeah. So to follow on with that, I think, you know, in SAFE in particular, and of course, that's the framework we know the best, SAFE doesn't have a lot of commentary around what methodology you use at the team level. I mean, that's really self-organizing. That's decentralizing that. Pick the methodology that makes sense for your work. And yet, then there's these organizing principles on top of that, the PI planning that I mentioned, the agile release train. And there's also a, a series of linked Kanban boards going all the way from the portfolio level down into the team. So you can imagine, if you will, the strategic themes coming into the portfolio from the organization. And the portfolio does their prioritization work, delivers a prioritized backlog down into the program level. The program then takes those, they're probably epics at the portfolio level, takes those epics, breaks those down into the features at the program level, prioritizes those features, delivers that prioritized backlog down into the teams. And then the teams have a nice prioritized backlog from which to pull from whether they're using Scrum or Kanban or even XP. I mean, there's actually a lot of pair work that can happen in a marketing environment. So in terms of tools and technologies, I understand that it's not super prescriptive, right? You don't recommend one tool over another, but most companies will have a singular platform, right? That they may run. Well, yes and no, right? Like we've all been in, especially at these larger organizations, you know, you can have one arm using XYZ tool and, and the other arm using ABC tool. You're lucky if you have a marketing team that's only on Marketo or only on Pardot or Marketing Cloud. Having one CRM can be amazing. But I think what you're speaking to, though, is the power of the visibility that a tool can provide, right? especially at scale. So one of the things that we say is that there's three legs to a transformation. And one is picking, especially at scale, so picking your framework. And then there's a, a component of organizational change management. And certainly that can happen within the organization. You've probably chatted with other folks who are trying to scale their agile marketing transformations, and they might bring in outside consultants or outside coaches. They might develop coaches internally. So that's the second pillar. And then the third pillar really is that tool. And again, in an ideal situation, you've got the tool that allows you visibility into the story work. And then that story work rolls up into features and the features roll up into your epics so that you've got this transparency from the portfolio level all the way down into the team level. So what do people tell you are the greatest challenge? I guess the reason I ask is one of the conversations we have is some of the people are getting started. Marketers aren't as quite as sophisticated as developers. They may start with a pilot project or two, you know, that they're running it in 
department or sub-department or small functional area, then they start to scale. And then then when you start to scale, you start to think about, okay, what's the framework we're going to use to scale? What kind of comments do you get from marketers as the things that are the challenge that get onto them? So I know when I started with SAFE nine months ago, one of the biggest challenges was just terminology and speaking the language of Agile, of Scrum, of Kanban. These words sound bizarre when we step back and look at them. What I find is a lot of marketing teams that are beginning to scale and beginning to take Agile transformations more seriously will look at the team or team of team levels and say, how can we speak the same language? And we find they'll take an introduction to Agile or leading safe class just to get on the same page. Safe for teams, I took personally, and I found it was instrumental in setting my mindset around a completely new way of working, but that shared context between teams to say, we're going to take this from the team level to a larger organizational focus so that we can scale. I would piggyback on that and say leadership support is so critical. You know, you can certainly pilot and that can go fairly smoothly. You can roll it out to a couple of teams. At the team level, one of the common obstacles is marketers are known for being very visual, right? And so the parts of Agile that they tend to love are are the visualization pieces and parts. Oh, I love seeing my work on stickies. I love seeing stuff move across the Kanban board. I don't know if it's emphasized enough that Agile is really a mindset. It's a new way of working. It's a way of working that emphasizes decentralized control. And I've been on this lean Agile journey myself, right? So I grew up in an environment where there were approval processes all up and down the chain. And, you know, you just had to figure out where you were in the approvals process and who else you would sign off. So this whole notion of decentralized control that you can empower somebody at the team level to sign off on something if you give them the criteria, if they have a shared understanding of definition of done, is something that I find is a challenge to many marketers and marketing teams going agile. When you start to take that up to scale, what happens is you start to really kind of threaten some people's identities. So let's just say you have a CMO or a leader who's bought in, wants to do an agile marketing transformation and says, hey, we're all in. There's 1,200 of us. We're all going to go agile. And somebody starts to look at a framework like the Scaled Agile Framework, and they're saying, I'm a marketing manager, and I don't see any managers on this graphic. So the managers can really be a roadblock to the implementation of Agile marketing at scale, because they don't know their role. Yeah, where's my job? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Where's my job? Where's my role? What am I supposed to be doing? How do I move from a commanding control environment into a supporting environment. So that makes sense, especially if they don't have a background or not educated about agile marketing. That makes sense that they would be afraid. I think the other aspect of that that might cause alarm has to do with whether or not the organization itself is going to reorganize as part of this transformation. I wonder if you could speak for a minute or two about you know, the traditional marketing functions that we are all used to and how those functions continue to exist or don't continue to exist as we get through an agile transformation and whether or not small cross-functional teams are a requirement in order to make it through this process. 
Well, I think the last part is the most important. Yes, small cross-functional teams are important to make it through this process. I mean, that's the foundation of Agile, right? Is a small cross-functional team that's able to define, develop, and deliver value to the customer. I think to your point about organization, it's really a virtual reorganization, right? You can do whatever you want with the hierarchy. We will always need the hierarchy, right? There needs to be somebody you can send your expense report to. But in addition to that hierarchy, we need to create this network. And the network is really focused around value streams. And your operational value stream is something with defined steps that delivers value to the customer. And like, I'll just take our environment, right? So one of the things we offer is training. So there might be a chunk of the value stream that's focused on pre-course experience. And that pre-course experience could involve somebody from sales saying, hey, I know this company, I know the transformation they're going to, I want to talk to this person before they get into their training. It could be somebody from marketing that's reaching out and giving them some support or some communication, trying to find out more about what's going on. It could be somebody from our customer success team saying, hey, you're just about to go into training. I want you to know what resources are available to you after the training. It could be somebody from finance that says, hey, here's how I'm going to help you make sure your billing is a smooth experience. So you can see how this builds on each other. And all of those people might be on a small cross-functional team focused on the pre-course experience. And how cool is that, that we're not only within marketing, because I think when people think of agile marketing, they're starting to think of like, I'm going to get a copywriter and a designer and, you know, somebody from digital on a team, but it can be so much more than that. And I think that's really the power of agile marketing at scale. So I work with the partner organization and in our team, I'm the marketing SME. We have a sales SME. We have a data visualization SME. We have a process flow SME. And together, we deliver value to our partners who ultimately support their clients. If I was stuck over in marketing by myself, I would never get to talk to the customer. I would never have access to the data backend so that I can make data-driven decisions. And I would never understand how the solution is shaped, much less have influence over it. By having this cross-functional organization, I'm still a marketer. It's still what I do. And I'm no less connected to the other marketers in the company, but I can deliver value to the end user so much more efficiently than I ever have before. I agree with that. This is an issue that I would describe as being a little bit of a contentious issue because I think my experience has been Well, the period of time where, as a marketing organization, you've stood up functions, but you don't necessarily have the headcount to, on top of that, have dedicated small cross-functional teams that are aligned against a business initiative. So what that marketer does oftentimes is they steal some of the time of people who are in functions. And so they may have, you know, a virtual small cross-functional team that's being pulled from these other organizations. And it's kind of like being in the middle of the court. It's an awkward place to be in. I like to say that marketers are trying to get through that period as quickly as they possibly can. But I'm curious to just get your perspective on this. Do you think it's tenable to be in that space? And how do you see companies managing there? Yeah, I really don't see as tenable to, to try and divide a person 
I mean, the, the image that comes to mind is somebody working on an assembly line and their job is to weld this weld on the car frame. And somebody says, okay, well, your job is to make that weld 50% of the time, except when somebody taps you on the shoulder and then tells you to turn around and go start putting a, a nut on a bolt. And you might be in the middle of a weld and all your energy is focused on that weld. And then you have to turn around and try and switch gears. I don't think it's a recipe for success. I understand, you know, people are trying to compromise or split the middle. But if you want to do that, my recommendation would be to split off a value stream and make that value stream agile. So if you've got a group of marketers whose responsibility it is to service the e-commerce website, take that group, integrate it in with a software development group who is also working on that e-commerce website and, and somebody else and do it that way rather than trying to do it functionally like we're going to take all of our digital marketing or we're going to take all of our copy editors and make them agile. I think it's much better suited when you're aligned around a product versus trying to isolate projects and turn those agile. And say teaches us to be customer centric. Always start with the customer before we go into how the work is done. What is the value we're delivering? What is the point of the work? And if we start from a customer-centric mindset, which marketers are uniquely positioned to do, it's what we do for a living. If we start with the customer first, we're more likely to organize around value delivery rather than projects. So what advice do you have to anyone in our audience? And as most marketers are pretty early on in their journey, or and if they're in their journey, they're thinking about scale. What advice do you give them in terms of how they can early in their journey, think about how this is going to scale for them and things to consider when they're going down this route? It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it isn't easy. And I applaud any listener who's out there who's embarking on this journey. It is a new way of working. It is a new way of thinking about work. Even what we were talking about, some of those cross-functional teams, even this notion, your last question was about orging and a reorg. What's happening in the market is that Things are moving too fast to support a formal reorganization of the hierarchy. So what we've got instead in marketing at scale is this reorg that could happen in 8 to 12 weeks. And that team that was focused on the pre-course experience, maybe we've got that pretty optimized. And maybe we had three teams focused on that. So we leave one team in place to continue to sustain that. And we reallocate those other two teams to something new that's popped up. Oh my gosh, it turns out that virtual reality has popped up in learning. So let's then shift those marketers. Let's shift those teams into this new thing that we want to explore. And so really embracing these mindset shifts is key to the whole thing. And then just really reading as much as you can. The great thing is we've got 20 years of literature and experience in the software world. And I think any smart marketer can take a look at those case studies, can take a look at the literature and have light bulbs going off saying, hey, I think I understand the concepts. Let me try to apply those to my situation. Let me start experimenting and let me try and see what works given our situation and our construct. And I want to circle back to something Melissa talked about earlier. A lot of your listeners are probably change agents in their companies and getting your leadership on board with not only a new way of working, but a new way of working that 
is so uncomfortable and may challenge the way they think of themselves can be daunting. Stepping back and using tools effectively, I found a lot of agile organizations are taking a data-driven approach. We talked about tools earlier, and when we use standardized Kanban tools or, or software that supports that visualization, change agents can then go to their leadership with a true business case for why working at a scaled agile pace can be better for delivering products, delivering campaigns, delivering content to their target market. You'll be able to calculate how fast you can actually work or how predictable your commitments are. And those are the kind of conversations that take it from a, I want to be happier in my work conversation to a, this could be transformational for our organization. Yeah. And I think lastly, it's really understanding the problem you're trying to solve. I mean, many marketers are doing agile because it's a buzzword and they might not understand really what they're trying to achieve with agile marketing at scale, right? Are you trying to lean out your process and reduce the waste? You know, are are your marketing teams overwhelmed? Do you have an alignment issue? And, you know, if you establish that shared understanding of why you're transforming and then decide, then you can go to your leaders and pitch that business case. You can also understand your metrics, right? And say, how are we going to measure success? So for any marketer who's considering taking this to the next level, that's my guidance is understand why understand your business case, and know how you're going to measure your success. All right. This has been super great, Melissa and Hannah. appreciate all your ideas and thoughts that you're sharing with us today. Melissa, I know you also host a podcast. Would you tell us just a quick pitch on what that is for our listeners? Sure. Thanks for the intro, Roland. It's the Safe Business Agility Podcast, and it's a podcast dedicated to the safe community where we explore topics around business agility, agile marketing, software agility, and we invite anybody to check us out at scaledagile.com slash podcast. All right. So a good place to learn more. Great. Well, thanks again, guys. Melissa, Hannah, this was really great. As a reminder to our listeners out there, the Marketing Agility Podcast can be found at Agile Marketing Blog. If you have a story to tell, you fill out the form on the site. We love to have guests that join us who have interesting stories or just have stories maybe. I don't know. We also are on iTunes. We love reviews. Everyone loves reviews. Leave us a review. Make Merlin happy. And uh, thank you again, everyone, for joining us today. And please stay agile.